Our second scripture this morning is Revelation 7, verses 9 through 17. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship God day and night within the temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We celebrate the written word of Scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Loving God, gather us in the communion of the saints around your word that we might open our hearts and be changed, transformed into a living word that blesses the world you love so very much. Amen. This morning's scripture gives us a vision of the saints, this vast, multitude of saints standing before God singing. All Saints Day gives us a moment to catch that vision as we look back. Today we look back and remember. We remember those we have loved and lost this year and not just this year. We look back and give thanks for all those who we have ever loved. All of us together in the communion of the saints singing with the vast multitude. We remember and we give thanks. As I mentioned earlier, I spent this past week on retreat at a Benedictine Abbey, and throughout the week, I had the opportunity to pray and worship all throughout the day in community with the monks there and alongside the other guests staying in the retreat house. We gathered for prayer five times a day, starting at 5.30 in the morning, for the fixed hours of prayer as the monks led us in singing the prayers and singing the psalms. So on Wednesday, November 1st, actual All Saints Day, 
I got to experience All Saints Day in a very Catholic way. As the All Saints Mass began that morning, the monks processed in on both sides of the church. They were wearing their black hooded monks' cowls or habits. The priests among them were dressed in white. They were led by someone uh, who was, uh, I had to look this up, who was carrying a thurible or a censer. And the place was filled with the aroma of incense. They encircled us, and then they walked down the center through the midst of us while all together we sang the prayers. For the Eucharist, for communion, there wasn't just one priest celebrating at the table, but all the priests who were there, about 17 of them by my count. So imagine instead of Grace and Jessica and me, who you'll see up here in a few minutes, there were 17 voices saying communion together. With all those sights and sounds and smells, it was not a stretch to imagine the vast multitude of this morning scripture gathered around the throne singing, salvation belongs to our God, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and power and strength. Now, different from our tradition, Roman Catholic tradition leans into the sense of saints as the heroines and heroes of our faith, particularly holy people filled with extraordinary good. Think of Saints like St. Peter and St. Paul, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Lisieux, St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. They name these kinds of saints as inspiration and encouragement to live lives for good. Similar to our tradition, they also draw on an even older understanding of saints. It's one that reaches back into Scripture, into the early church. It's how we understand saints as all believers in every time and place. Every one of us a saint made holy by God in our ordinary lives to embody God's love for the world. And so along saints like Mother Teresa, on Wednesday we named mothers and fathers and parents, wives, husbands, spouses, children and friends as we will do today. On that day... And on the next All Souls Day and today, we remember, we remember those we have loved and lost, our longing for them and their presence with us even now. I read someone who said, we long for those who are longing for us. Isn't that beautiful? So we prayed throughout the day. And after the last prayer service, it's called Compline, nighttime prayer, the last service on All Saints Day, I walked out into the night and I thought I'd take a walk. Now it was cold, like 34 degrees cold, but there was no wind, the sky was clear, you could see the stars. As I walked into the dark, I saw movement down the path in front of me and realized that I was seeing yet another procession at a distance, folks dressed in black carrying candles through the night. By the number of them, they were a small multitude. I figured it must be the monks, maybe along with the seminary students who study there. They walked into the night, and I'm curious, so I followed at a respectful distance. 
When I figured out that they were processing to the little graveyard where the monks are buried, I stopped and I didn't go any further, but I watched from a hilltop as they filled the graveyard silently with candlelight. And in the still chill of that night, I could just hear the prayers as they prayed that God would grant their brothers a holy rest. And as they prayed for the day when they would all be reunited in Christ, they left their candles on the gravestones and they silently walked back to the monastery, the graveyard filled with light. All Saints' Day gives us a moment to look back and to remember. This morning's scripture also gives us a moment to look forward, to look forward with its visions of the saints, this vast multitude. Now this is Revelation, a book of the Bible we don't visit very often. Revelation closes out the Bible and speaks of the completion of time with its wild and often violent imagery. We progressive Christians, particularly white progressive Christians, we pretty much leave it alone because it can be disturbing and unsettling. And as a result, in the vacuum of our silence, some rather harmful interpretations have emerged from other parts of the Christian world, interpretations that emphasize judgment and warfare and hellfire and separation. So as we turn to Revelation today, maybe we should start by remembering that Revelation was written not to scare people, but to comfort them. The folks for whom the visions of Revelation were written down were an oppressed community persecuted by the Roman Empire. Revelation rolls out in its lavish, often violent imagery, declaring as expansively as possible God's victory over empire and every single power that does us harm. Big imagery for people who need big hope. Revelation was not written to terrify people any further but to comfort them. For the first seven chapters of Revelation, the visions announce judgment against empire and every power that oppresses. God is casting into the sea every power that harms. And then there's a pause. And the scene opens up with this vision of this great multitude. Notice, they are everybody. John, the one who has this vision, describes a multitude too numerous to count from every nation, all tribes, all peoples, all languages, all standing around the vast, and standing around this vast multitude, there are angels who join in the singing, and around them, all creation, it is as one writer calls it, a crowded cosmos, no separation, everyone all together singing. Just before this passage, there had been a smaller gathering, 144,000 people to be precise, but now we see this multitude too numerous to count. And so someone asks, actually an elder asks, who are these and where have they come from? And John bounces the question back to the elder, sir, you are the one who knows. And the elder says, these are the ones who have come out of the great ordeal. These are the ones we didn't expect. 
The ordeal could be the persecution they've all endured. They've lived their lives within systems of oppression grinding away over their bodies and here they are, this multitude come out on the other side free. And there's that strange bit. Their robes have been washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation loves the image of Jesus as Lamb. Folks start to think in terms of sacrificial imagery, which is not primary for this community. And the vision doesn't quite go there. Again and again, it just says that the Lamb is slain, not sacrificed. The Lamb has gone through the same suffering as this multitude. And the blood they have shed together in this ordeal has now been washed away. All the suffering has ended. Here they are, free. And listen, they are singing blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength. Salvation belongs to God, to God, not to empire, not to any other power that does us harm. And notice in the midst of all the power, this intimacy. They're all together, all the saints, everybody in God's presence. Our, our English translation says that God will shelter them, but it's really that God will pitch God's tent over them. They will dwell together. Do you hear the echoes of the Psalms? They will hunger and thirst no more. The sun will not harm them by day, nor any scorching heat. The Lamb will become their shepherd and will lead them to springs of the water of life. And then in one of the most beautiful images in all of Scripture, God, God will wipe away every tear. In this vision, we come through all the suffering that life brings and all is made clear. And we have one last good cry at the suffering we have caused, at the suffering we have endured. And God wipes away every tear and we look forward together in joy. After worship, on that All Saints Day morning, I ended up walking back to the retreat lodge with Sister Paul. Sister Paul is a Catholic nun whose room was down the hall from mine, and I struck up a conversation. We started talking about the beauty of the worship service when out of a quiet pause in the conversation, Sister Paul said, you know, I have this vision of heaven. It's based on John 14. In my father's house, there are many mansions. So, she went on, I see heaven as just full of houses. Everyone has a home, all of us living there together in peace. And we walk around, and we go on, up and knock on a door, and someone answers and they invite us in, and they introduce us to their whole family, not just their family of origin, maybe they're Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist, and they introduce us to everyone in that tradition, everyone who has ever lived in their tradition, all the way back to the beginnings, and every day we get to know more about each other forever. There's just no end to how much we get to learn from each other and no limit 
to how we can grow more closely together in love forever. Anyway, she said, that's just what I think. <laughs> A few moments later, she very nicely let me know that she was actually there on a silent retreat. <laughs> and there I had come talking. I apologized, we laughed, and I thanked her for sharing her vision with me. And we walked the rest of the way home together in silence. All saints day in the scripture give us a vision of the saints, a moment to look forward to the day when all is complete. Now, one of the more provocative visions of the saints I heard this week actually comes from a Buddhist teacher, Lama Rod Owens, who describes himself with more particularity as a black southern queer Buddhist teacher. Now, he wasn't there at the Benedictine Monastery. I, I listened to a podcast interview with him on my drive, drive there from Louisville and on into Indiana. Lama Rod Owens has written a book called The New Saints. And when he talks of new saints, he quotes Tina Turner and says, we don't need another hero. What we need are people who are showing up in their ordinary lives to do the work, to do the work of liberating ourselves and all people from everything that does us harm. Owens describes new saints as folks who are ready to be engaged in the present moment in all its mess and all its fullness, folks who are willing to take risks, realizing that real liberation only happens through the discomfort of change, not through the comfort of staying safe. Lama Rod Owens gives us a vision of the saints that invites us to look around in the present moment at ourselves, at the folks sitting next to us in the pew, in the communities all around us, at the systems in which we live and move and have our being, at the people who are harmed by those systems, to look around in this present moment and to live from a deep desire to help free all people from suffering to move through every present ordeal into freedom. This vision of the saints give us, gives us a moment to open our hearts in all their fullness to the here and the now. The morning after All Saints Day, the morning after the monks had processed in the dark down to the graveyard with their candles, after worship that morning, the monks invited us all to process with them again out of the church and back down to the graveyard. We walked down in silence, down the frost-covered hill to the graveyard, and we found all the candles still burning. They had been burning through the night. And the monks led us as we sang our prayers together, all those candles still burning bright in the glowing light of a brand new day. And afterwards, I walked back up the hill next to Sister Paul, this time in silence. But I sure could hear the saints singing. Like Sister Paul, and this scripture, and those monks and Lama Rod Owens, I have my own vision of the saints, and maybe you do too. 
Maybe you can see their faces. Maybe you can hear their voices. For me, it's a vision of a table not unlike this one, only bigger. And to this table, folks are flowing from east and west and north and south to feast everyone. And as we all gather there, someone asks, who are these and where have they come from? And we answer together, we are the ones we didn't expect. And yet here we are, gathered together out of our imperfect lives where we have tried to do the best we can, stumbling and fumbling our way through. Here we are, gathered out of the deep suffering of the world where we have harmed each other in so many ways, yet striving to tell the truth, to learn together, and to embody together God's liberating love. Here we are, a vast multitude, a crowded cosmos. Here we are at this table together healed and whole.